0: I want to say hi to all the campuses and say how excited I am that we are doing our greater series uh, as we kick off this year and uh, just taking a look at a greater outpouring of God's presence. And uh, I just want to say, if you have not joined a greater group, um, there still is time to do that. We want you to get in one. If you missed uh, the early week, it was a get to know you week. Of course, everyone else has become best friends, uh, <laughs> but, but we re- still want you in a greater group. we, we. Really, you should do this and it's gonna be something that the whole church will grow. It'll be a common experience and we want you to be a part of it. We've got a a book that, goes along with it, with study. There's a lot of people that have stepped up, stepped up to be uh, life group leaders. You can go online, sign up, or look for someone right now at your campus. If you have openings in your life group, just slip up a hand. I just gave you a shout out. And if you have openings, so, okay, I see some hands. And uh, slip up, and, and, and if you look desperate, they'll join your group. Don't look too desperate, they won't join your group. And, uh, but anyways, um, if you, you know, sometimes people give excuses. They say, well, I might miss a week, and so I can't do it. I wanna let you know that... Um, I actually missed a week last year when we did um, our series, I was uh, suffering in Puerto Rico, and uh, yeah, I live-streamed in, you know, not live stream. I just uh, FaceTimed in, and so I did the FaceTime, but I was sure to not show them that I was next to the ocean, and, uh, and I felt really guilty, because they were all back in freezing cold weather, and uh, yeah, I didn't feel guilty, and uh, incidentally, one other thing that you may not know um, from my heart attack, the, you know, recently, I am banned from shoveling, Okay, I I know. The doctor said I'm banned from shoveling and I cannot shovel. And so, uh, you know, some things you just have to suffer through. And uh, I think I'm also banned from dishes and vacuuming and all those other things. But I am seriously banned from shoveling. And uh, glad we're doing this group. Sign up for a group, be a part of it. It's a greater group. Uh, God's gonna do something spectacular in this. Now, I wanna explain this again, what I said um, about the series. This is a greater presence of God uh, you can imagine um, when God is, is giving me the direction, you know, I'm praying for the year and I'm saying, God, what type of year is this going to be and, and what, what's the theme and where are we going with this? And God said greater. You can imagine as a pastor, you know, you're thinking, this is great. This could be like a prayer of Jabez, expand my territory, you know, this is awesome. And God's like, no, it's not greater this way, it's greater this way. I want to be very clear, it was greater this way, greater presence, which as a pastor, again, and somebody that wants God's presence real in our church, was just as exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually exciting and scary. Does that make sense? And if the presence of God doesn't excite you and scare you a little bit, uh, you don't fully understand the presence of God. And so it was kind of exciting, it was kind of scary. Um, And then I love that God uh, gave me the theme for the year early enough in the year, um, you know, as we were planning, that I was able to tell our worship team that this was the theme. It was a greater presence. And so uh, the song that's on our CD, uh, It's Your Presence, and the song that we're gonna sing um, at the end of the service uh, is just really that. It's, it's, it's a song that was written for uh, this series, it was written with that in mind, and I love that when the church is in line with, with you know, God saying, this is what I'm going to do, and then our music ministry could do it, and they can write a song about it, and then we can start to sing it. It's what God is speaking to our church right now, so I'm just praying that there'll be something special through this, but I, I, I want to say this. I believe our church experiences the presence of God on a regular basis, and, and I'll explain what that means more, but um, you know a reporter was here just recently and saying i want to do a story about the church and you're growing and what's going on and this reporter, she just kept saying like, why are you guys growing? What's going on? What's the difference? What's the difference? People are closing churches and you're expanding. People are, are, are not thinking multi-site and you're thinking multi-site. You're talking about millions to missions. What is going on? And I, I, I kept saying, you know, well, we have this and we have this and we have excellence and we have the presence of God and we're life-giving and this. And I kept coming back to this over and over again that I really believe it's the presence of God in our church. Okay, now you'd say, well, doesn't every church have the presence of God to a degree? But I believe this, and you'll see this through this series, that there's a a degree of the presence of God. There's our awareness of the presence of God, our welcoming of the presence of God. And I wanna tell you this, that I believe River Valley Church is a church that has said, we value the presence of God. We value his presence. We want him uh, to know that he can bring us more of what he wants to bring. He can uh, move upon us in a different way, that we will feel the presence of God. And of course, you know, I've been reading Spurgeon sermons, and it's interesting. I was reading one of his sermons, and he said the presence of God on our church is, is basically unreal. It's unbelievable. We have been seeing... Thousands come to faith in Christ. We've been seeing growth over and over. We are packing this with multiple services. We are seeing missions giving go up and this go up and people answering the call of God. And as I was reading the the, the sermon, I was like, he sounds like he's talking about River Valley, you know? And so I went and grabbed Becca and I was like, let me read this to you. This is not, I didn't write this. Spurgeon was saying this about his church. And then I was like, God, that'd be awesome if we could have that same type of anointing and presence of God on our church. And I was just, I was overwhelmed. And so the presence of God is felt in our church. And, And again, I'll explain this and I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but Here's what happens for a lot of people. They come to our church and, you know, they come to a lot of churches. A lot of churches feel the presence of God, but I just know the experience here at River Valley. They come in and they feel something during worship. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit. Okay, now again, we're welcoming the presence of God. And they'll say like, Um, I I felt something during worship, Um, I cried during worship, I couldn't even hold it together, Uh, you know, I I could preach about something totally different and they're like, it was amazing what you said about this, it was like the breakthrough I needed. And I'm like, I don't even think I said that, you know? (laughs) But okay, you're good. It's just God's presence so real and, and they, people give their life to Jesus. They, they are, are seeing uh, miracles take place. The prayer teams are having breakthroughs going on. People are leaving and I, I will never forget um, one lady that just encapsulates all these people that say, I feel the presence of God. Uh, Joan was her name. I won't say her last name, but she was an attorney and uh, she came to our church and she's an atheist. And she came to just humor a friend of hers that brought her to church. So this friend said, will you please come with me to church? I, I just, and she's thinking, you're crazy, I'm an atheist. But she thought, all right, I'll go. And so she came to church and she's sitting in church. And just like many people have explained, she's like, I felt something. Now she said, no, I'm an atheist. So I'm thinking... Did they drug me? Is there something in the air? You know, these are things she's saying. And she's thinking, I'm crazy. What do I feel? And afterwards, she comes up and she goes, Can I talk to you? And I was like, Sure. I had no idea who she was. And she's like, I felt something in your church. Um, I'm, I, yeah, it's really bothering because I didn't even think God was real. And now I'm thinking I might have felt him. And um, is, it o- is it okay if I keep coming to church? and check this out. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Come on, be a part of this. So she kept coming to church and she later on told me in my office, she said, do you know that I have been lying to my atheist friends for the last three months? They've been inviting me to do our normal Sunday morning things, which was not go to church. And uh, she said, and every week I have to think of a new lie to tell them to come to church and be a part of this because something's going on and then after a couple more months she came off she goes all right i'm ready and i was like what she goes I, I i this is the craziest thing in the world but i'm gonna give my life to jesus and do this and i have no idea what i'm gonna tell my friends but i'm gonna have to stop lying now <laughs> and then she went through alpha and like total commitment to god okay It it was because of the presence of God. It was very real. It was, she could feel it. There was something going on. There was a greater involvement and God's spirit was so real. The presence was so strong. And I believe that's what's been happening in our church. And God's presence is invited. And in this series, we invite the presence of God. And just let me do this real quick. Let me just pray uh, to just set the tone for the whole series. So Lord, I just pray right now your presence would be felt very real in this series. We know that your presence is strong, your presence is real, you are with us, uh, but there's something we can do to invite you in more and uh, welcome that presence more. And so we do that even now. We just say, uh, continue to draw people to you, draw people to repentance by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the presence of God be felt very real. May we just know that you're here, that you're smiling, that you're welcomed, and that your presence is here. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, as I was preparing for the, the series, I, I went through uh, the Bible and just read every scripture about the presence of God. And uh, I would encourage you, if you have time, just uh, Google it, go to uh, you know, Bible Gateway and enter presence and then just read them. Uh, but I'll just hit a few highlights. Um, you know, it, it's, it's implied that God's presence was real in the garden, that God was with his uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, that there was a perfect presence of God, a communion going on. And uh, so, as I'm reading the Bible, I'm excited about this. Then I get to Genesis 4, and it absolutely was one of the saddest scriptures I've ever read. Genesis 4:16. It was after Cain has killed Abel, and it said this. I- I'd never seen it before, but it said, "So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod." And I just like, I thought, how sad. How sad that Cain knew a level of God's presence that we don't even really fully comprehend. And after the murder, it says he left the presence of God. And I just thought, what did that feel like? What must that have? I just, I I can't even imagine as much as it was to leave his family, but to leave the presence of God. Um, in, In Exodus, there's so many different things about the presence of God and There's the bread of presence that was put into the uh, tabernacle and they'd they'd remember the bread of God's presence. There's, um, uh, in Numbers, uh, it talks about Moses and Aaron in Numbers 20, verse six. Moses and Aaron went down from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. So there's something going on and it's so intense that they fall on their face because the presence of God is so real. Um, the psalmist says, uh, you, make, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Uh, Psalm 27, four. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Um, Psalm fifty-one, eleven. You may not realize this, but David is sinned and he's saying, don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't cast me from your presence. And I don't even know, but what if he was thinking of Cain? What if he was like, I, like, I know I did bad. Don't take me from your presence. Like, I know what it is to taste the presence of God, and, and I don't want to lose this. And just uh, I just encourage you, go through those. Psalm 139, 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Of course, we know Jonah, he's trying to run from the presence of God, and you can't. Um, this is one that jumped out to me. And again, as much as it was so sad and I had uh, just a heart for Cain, here's one that was so happy um, that was a whole new revelation. Uh, in Luke 1:19, it says, uh, Then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. And what was his credential? I stand in the presence of God. Uh, all of a sudden, I was just like, It's amazing. He's like, I'm Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. And I don't know if he's thinking, if you were there, you'd melt, okay? You can't handle the presence. I don't know what he's thinking, but that's just, a, it just, again, when you, how many know when you're looking in the Bible for something, it just starts popping out at you? And this is one of those things. And again, um, just again, sad, sad, sad thing. Second Thessalonians 1.9, it says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. Wow. That's why we say we want people to find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It, the worst thing, it says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and, and God separated. And so um, as you look at the presence of God, we see it all the time. We talk about it. How many know it's, it's easy to talk about and it's hard to define? It, we talk about it all the time. We're like, all right, I'm going to talk about the presence of God, and we say it. Um, so let me give you a definition in a little context. In the Bible, when it says to seek His presence, uh, the word that's actually used there is the word face. It's saying seek His face, get close to Him, draw close to Him, uh, seek His presence, the presence of God, the closeness, um, God's favor, God's nearness is what it means. OK, so his presence is his favor, his nearness, uh, the intimacy with God, the, the, the relationship, a close and personal encounter with God. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that God's presence, his favor, the intimacy with him, a close encounter with God, his, his face. It's like we're getting a, a closer look at him. We're drawing closer. And so uh, as I lay it out and I want to explain it, I'm sure there's questions in your mind right now. You're like, wait a minute. I thought God was everywhere. Okay, he is. He is. Okay, and then you're like, okay, but I thought as a follower of Jesus Christ, God is in me. Yes, he is. Okay, so I can have more of his presence and he can be more here or more around me or more, sort of, yes, no. Okay, that's why it's confusing, all right. Here's what I mean by that when I say sort of, yes, no. I don't, God is as here as as, as we're aware of him. I think we can be more aware. We can be more receptive. We can be more open. And there's no problem with God. And when we say seek God, it's not like we're saying seek God because he's lost. It's saying seek God because you want more. You want to tune into him more. Okay, so I hope that tracks. And I, and I, and I wanted to illustrate this. Um, when Logan... Uh, our youngest son was very small, and we'd be talking to him and distracted, and he didn't think we were talking enough to him, he would go and grab our face, and he would turn it. And he'd say, I'm talking to you, (laughs) you know. That's the picture I get. That's the picture I get. And as I prayed uh, for ways to illustrate this for you about God's presence, I believe that there's levels of distraction that are going on with God's presence. And it's almost like a family that is all together. Our family does this. We're guilty. We come together, uh, the four of us, Becca, myself, Connor, and Logan, and we're all together, but we're all on our iPhones and we're all on Wi-Fi, and we are there, but we're not there. Okay. And How many know that if one of us, usually Becca, is offended (laughs) that we're not present and she'll say, okay, phone's down, phone's down. Like we're here, but we're not here. Okay, that's what we mean about seeking the presence of God. Uh, there are a lot of churches that go through the motions and and they're here, but they're not really here. And there are people in their life, you're here, but you're not really here with God. And God's saying, seek me, my face, my presence, be hungry after me. Uh, like we'll have an encounter, we'll have special moments, things will take place, but you've gotta increase your hunger. You gotta set some things down and focus in. Focus in. And um, I thought about this, as angry as we may get, like, you kids, put your phone down and let's talk. You know, I wonder what God thinks when He says, you kids, when you come to church, stop looking around at what everybody's wearing and this and what that's over. Get right here. Right here. Let's focus. Okay. Now, uh, Let's talk about the presence of God and let me walk you through as I share with a couple of scriptures. In the Old Testament, in Genesis 3, 8, God walked with Adam and Eve and there was a presence of God that I'm not sure that we fully understand. Okay, I can't imagine what that was like, but we know that it starts with God's presence going on with Adam and Eve. In Genesis 15, we have an encounter with Abraham where he has God's presence and, and God is ratifying a covenant there. And while Abraham's sleeping, God, somehow it says he's walking through the covenant sacrifice and there's a presence of God that is very strong. And in Exodus, again, I'm gonna just rush you through these. In Exodus, we have uh, Moses, with Mount Sinai. And we have a presence of God that is so strong and so real, um, so much so that when Moses was in the presence of God, the Bible says that his face started to glow and to shine. So if you think you're holy, look for a little shine. But uh, yeah, so he he had a shine going on, all right? Now, it's interesting, in Exodus, we see the presence of God showing up, We see the presence of God showing up in a cloud, and we see the presence of God showing up in fire around these people. There's actually a tangible, physical presence of God that people can see. And then um, from there, as he's he's leading the Israelites out of uh, Egypt, God says, my presence will dwell in this tabernacle, a little place that, a little tent that was going to be made to uh, assure the people that God was there with them, that he was there taking care of them. And so God's like, I'm going to have a place, and and there's so much there, I don't have time to go into it. But in this place where, uh, in this tabernacle, there was the Holy of Holies, Okay, so there's the holy of holies and there uh, there was a, a visual presence of God. And this word is not found in the Bible, but it's a, a word used to describe it. It was called the Shekinah glory or the Shekinah presence of God. And it was a, it was a visible, uh, tangible presence of God, almost like a cloud that was going on. And um, it, it, this is uh, the presence of God that was very real in the Old Testament. And I just have to share this um, funny pastor humor might be, but um, uh, a friend of mine said that their fog machine was going off the whole time while he was preaching, and the fog was coming up behind him and kind of right through the pulpit. And this first-time visitor came up to him and was like, Pastor, you are anointed. (laughs) He goes, the whole time you were preaching, the Shekinah glory was coming up. (laughs) He was like, yeah, it was a fog machine. All right, all right. But, uh, but there really was something about this. There was a presence of God. There was a, a cloud that was going on. And the Bible says that when they built the permanent temple, when they built the permanent temple, Solomon built it, it said that God filled that temple. There was a presence of God there. And if you even go to Israel to this day, they try to get as close to that spot, believing that God is at the spot Okay. Now, God was at the spot, but now he's in his people. We continue. All right. Because God's presence left the temple due to their sin. And then the Bible tells us that the presence of God came to this earth in the form of Jesus Christ. Again, it's one of those moments where you've got the, the presence of God in the garden. You've got the presence of God in the tabernacle and in the temple. The, again, just exceptional experiences. But then you've got Jesus here, the presence of God right there. Just amazing, amazing, amazing. And then the Bible tells us that the presence of God leaves at the ascension. So it's leaving. But then Jesus says, Now I'm going to send the presence of God in the Holy Spirit. All right. And the believer, I want to be very clear, the believer has the presence of God with you when you become a follower of Jesus Christ. All right. And then there's more of the presence of God that you can open up yourself to with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And there's the ongoing presence of God with moments that we have in our worship, in our walking with Christ, in our living. And then ultimately we're looking forward to heaven where face to face. Face to face, heaven, and again, when you look at the accounts of heaven, it should it should excite you and also cause a little bit of, you know, I mean, it just it just should. I mean, um, you see people falling down on their face before God. Um, it's it's an intense. Uh, seeing of God like we've never seen Him before. Now, I want to make sure that you understand this. We are living in the New Testament. We are living in the time now where the presence of God is in us. The presence of God is in us. It flows through us in the gifts of the Spirit. We have moments with God, and we are looking forward to heaven. We do not need to look for a place. And although there may be special places where you felt close to God, um, Those places were just places that you happened to be in that moment, and they're not a special place, okay? Um, Case in point, with our Miniatrista campus, we had uh, an old building that we inherited, and people were like, we said, we're gonna tear down the building and build a new one. They're like, not the building. Right there is where I felt God. Right there is where I got baptized in the spirit. Right there is where I got saved. Uh, And we're like, guys, it's not the building. It's not the building. God's presence is real. Those things are neat, but we need to expand and reach more people. It's not the building. We are living in a moment where uh, the Holy Spirit and the presence of God is in people, on people, working through people, not in a building. Okay, it's not in a building. We love our buildings, and we thank God that they keep the elements out, but it's about God's presence being on us. Now, let me explain a couple things that'll go with your uh, greater... Um, home group. A couple things. I just want to make sure, again, I talked about, isn't God everywhere yes the answer is yes and i want to talk about that term and and for some people this is this is more of a teaching how many know you just say this is more of a teaching uh of what's going on and i love that we get to do this uh, at the start of the year and then we get to do this with the greater it's more of a teaching a little less uh the preaching and i'm not throwing arrows around and yeah you know, <laughs> so like that it's more of a teaching all right but um the the word is omnipresent okay Is God everywhere? And the word, yes, God is everywhere. And it means omnipresent, it means God is everywhere, okay? God is everywhere. And uh, it's good for us because it means we're never alone. That's what the believer can take. We're never alone. It means nothing escapes his eye. So if you don't know God and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God is everywhere. Nothing escapes his eye. That's bad on your side. But if you know him as Lord and Savior, that means you're never alone. God is everywhere. So his presence is everywhere. Isaiah 6.3 says, The whole earth is full of his glory. Okay, the whole earth, everywhere we go, the presence of God is there. Psalm 139, verse 7, I said it earlier, where can I go from your presence, Lord? If I go to the top of the mountain, if I go to the bottom of the sea, you are there, you're everywhere. Okay, so God's presence is everywhere, and you'll study this, it's omnipresence. And so we thank God for this. And then as I just shared just a minute ago, there's the indwelling presence of God. The indwelling presence of God. What does that mean? God lives in you. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, there's the indwelling presence of God. Ephesians 1 talks about that God gives us the Holy Spirit. It's a deposit, a taste. It's it's just letting you know what's coming. It's giving you, and he's saying, I'm giving you the indwelling. I'm I'm putting a taste. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit is? has his permanent dwelling in you. Okay, so you're his temple and you should take care of the temple. But he's saying that God's presence is in you and it means that God is our life. He's working in us. His presence is giving us the strength to do what he's calling us to do. And then the thing that we're talking about in this series that I really wanna focus on and then when we talk about when we gather together in church really would be something more along the lines of God's manifest presence okay? It's a special outpouring. It's a special awareness. It's a special touch. Um, His his power will flow in a meeting and will say, I felt the presence of God. There was something that manifests. There was something that I became aware about. There was something that became real and tangible. Like it, There was a difference going on. And that's what we're praying for in our church and in your life, that that would start to happen more often. And I think it can happen more often if we will get, uh, get rid of the distractions and we'll talk about things we can do to increase the manifest presence of God where we start to feel no sense that God's doing something special in our midst. And again, when we have our worship going on, it just feels like at all of our campuses, the intensity, the, the presence of God rises up in a special way. And I will tell you this, I've gone from campus to campus and others have as well. People have looked at our church and they've said, you know what's amazing? The presence of God is felt the same at your campuses. It's like on the whole church. So like I felt, I thought it might be like really good there and then not as much there, and it, but it was consistently The presence of God was felt. And so we're looking for these times where God's power will flow in a meeting. And and I could tell you just, uh, and I, I... Now, I hesitate because I don't want to suggest things, but I know there's times where I've been worshiping and I had to fall to my knees. I can remember there was a crisis we were facing in 2014. And as I was getting ready to preach, I was in worship. I I said, God, I'm empty. I'm empty. I need more. Like, if you don't touch me today, I'm in trouble. And all of a sudden, whoosh. It was like a manifest presence of God. And I went, some people thought I was like in trouble. I, I took three steps towards the altar and fell down during worship. And, and just poured tears pouring down my face. Just, and sudden, it was just like, God's like, here's a special manifest presence of me. Right now we are, you are tuning in and I am pouring on you and my presence is real and you are gonna get through this. And then I went up to preach and people were like, wow. And I was like, I know. And it wasn't me. It was like, there was another, guys, there's more. There's more, there's more, there's more. And uh, instead of that being like, I remember once in, you know, 2014, why not, hey, just last week. Hey, just this morning. You know, and again, I can tell you, I've been praying and I'll have the headphones on and I love to pray around the house. And all of a sudden the presence of God is so real. I, I can't stand. I'm just like, wow, 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 wow. But this manifest presence of God, it's different than omnipresence. It's different than the indwelling presence. And it gives you your breakthrough. It gives you a jump start. It it, it meets needs. It helps you to draw closer to God. And I would say this to our church, be hungry because there's more. And in this series, as we say um, greater, let's have a greater hunger. I wanna read this from D.L. Moody. He talks about being hungry from God, and then we'll close, and I'd love all the campuses to uh, just get ready to sing uh, the new song about the presence of God. Uh, Dwight D.L. Moody says this. He says, I was crying all the time that God would fill me with this spirit. Well, one day in the city of New York, oh, what a day, I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It's almost too sacred an experience uh, for me to name. He said, Paul had an experience of which he never spoke of for 14 years. I can only say that God revealed himself to me and I had such an experience of his love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. Imagine that. Like, God, I can't handle it anymore. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. He said, I went to preaching again. The sermons were not different. I did not present any new truths, and yet hundreds were converted. I would not now be placed back where I was before that blessed experience if you, if you should give me all the world. It would be as the small dust of the balance. And he, I believe he was talking about a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit on his life. And he was like, wow, wow, I experienced the presence of God so much that I had to say, enough, enough. Now I can tell you this, I don't think we're saying that in our church but I'd like to say more, more of God, more of his spirit, greater, greater. May we draw closer to the presence of God. So Lord, I just pray that we would draw closer to the presence of God, that we would say more, we desire more. It should break our heart that people are away from the presence of God. It should thrill our hearts that we experience the presence of God. And I pray that we would want more, more of what you have for us. Pour out your spirit on our church. It's your presence, God. It's your favor. It's that uh, presence of God that we desire in our lives. And so we ask for that now in our church and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.